You are listening to DFPN, the Dat Feeling Podcast Network. If you'd like to advertise with us or have a great podcast idea that needs a home, please reach out to us at podcastdatfeeling at gmail.com. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you love to listen to your favorite podcasts. And always remember to question the answers. Go get it. Hold on, hold on, actually. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. All right, bet. All right, I'm ready. Yep. Hey, what it do, people? It's your boy, Mac, a.k.a. your boy. I know that was redundant, but whatever, it's my show, right? <laughs> and uh, keeping with the trend of, of, of interviewing my peoples on, uh, on that feeling, uh, my next guest is, is tuned in, and I'm blessed to have him here. Uh benefits of coronavirus nobody out there doing stuff so everybody got time to talk so go ahead and say something to the people real quick man what is up everybody it is your boy bread like a king made us kelvin Cately. blessed and honored to be a part of the show brother thank you for having me back i appreciate you uh taking time to because i know how it is when you got the wife and the kids and stuff and they stuck in the house you know they everybody wants your attention and stuff but uh to the people yeah, listening Yep, to the people listening, uh, I, I'm pretty sure you you recognize the voice. Uh, me and him chopped it up on a few episodes, but um, this time I'm going to just introduce you guys to the artist that is Black Mac, um, because a lot of you know, like I give them shout outs for running the, the, the podcast network, but I want you guys to, to understand the total person that is him and uh, how his passion for music uh, kind of inspires me to kind of chase the things I'm passionate about, even though it's late in my life, but <laughs> that's neither here nor there. <laughs> All right. So, Never uh, too late. yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to just start it off with this, not so much VH1 behind the music type stuff, but at what point did you realize that music was going to be a, a, a big part of your life? Uh, I would say around, I was serious about it around, nine so Damn. i was around nine when i realized like i could actually put words together and to me it would it would it would sound okay but i did like the, the first thing i've ever done was like my cousin shout out to wendy um she came from va and like i was writing and i was just in my grandmother's kitchen just like just jotting some words down she was like oh that sounds pretty good actually and I was like, really? So I just kept doing that and doing that and doing that. And then um, by the time I was 16, like, I just knew. Like, right. I knew. And I had been doing it up to that point, and I hadn't really, nobody else really heard it. I was just doing it to, for myself. And, like, by the time I was 16, like, I went to, like, my first party, and then they had, like, this little freestyle like, everybody was just grabbing the microphone freestyle. The DJ was like, whoever wants to come up here, come up here and do it. Um, shout out to Kenny Joe for that, too. But he was like, come up, do it. And I went up and did it, and everybody went ape shit. And I was like, okay, this is what I want to do with my life type of thing. And i just been, ever it's been a part of my life pretty much all my life. But, but being, like, pursuing it as a dream, it's been a dream since I was nine. Dope. So, like, um, that was your first time doing it in front of a crowd right at that party? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, were you nervous? Like, yo, are they going to feel this? No. Or, you know, like, like, what was going through your mind at that moment? 
It was honestly, it wasn't, it wasn't a, it wasn't like a nerve type of thing. It was just like nobody's ever heard me do this before. I wonder, I wonder how this is gonna go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like just, just do it. And then afterwards, if it's if it's if it's trash, then they'll be like, that shit is trash. Don't get back on the microphone. Yeah. I can deal with that. <laughs> I could deal with that. If it's trash, it's trash. Cool. Right. But uh, if if it ends up being like something like people, the, I think the part of me that was nervous was about what if it's good? Like what if it's actually good and people want to hear more of it? You know what I mean? Type of thing. Because I've always put myself in a in a it's in a box kind of a way to where like I do I do a lot of I do a lot of soul searching in my writing. And then when it gets out, it's like, then what do you give them for, uh, what do you give them after that type of thing? And after that was like, okay, now it's because people actually like stuff. And you have to give them more of them people love Yeah. Um, yo, that's dope because, uh, I mean, you've been doing it since nine um, so, like, when you were doing it up until that point, did you have, like, you were just jotting words down, like, like poems? Were it more like poems, spoken words? Or did you have a beat in your head and you are like, this is a rap? I know this is a rap. This is a verse. No, so that's a good because it wasn't it wasn't a type of format. It was just me. It was just me jotting words. And like, I just I didn't know what the structure of a verse of a tra- of a hook. I didn't know what the structure of a song really was. It was just like I rap for a certain amount of time and then the hook. Yeah. And you got to say this again. You know what I mean? You got the hook is something that you say twice. At that age, it's like you do this, you say your words, and then you go into like the main part of what your idea of the whole song is, and then you say some more words, and then you go back to the idea. I, I was just jot words at that age. But like when I started taking it serious, then I had to figure out the structure. Okay, there's 16 bars to a verse. There's there's a hook. You know what I mean? Then if you really want to counteract it, there's a bridge. And then there's all these little parts that go into it. And then, oh, what are you going to do? You're going to tell a story? Are you trying to tell a story? Or are you just talking your shit? Like, what are you doing type of thing? So um, it was always it was always just like figuring, figuring stuff out. And I still do that now. Just try to figure out... Uh, um, what exactly I want to do. And that's, to me, that's a real fun part of actually writing. Yeah. Um, yeah, because that always crossed my mind, like, when when an artist is like, uh, well, first, let me let me kind of finish asking the, the background questions and stuff. So, obviously, you know, um, you did your, you, you know, you, you did time in the Air Force and whatnot. Um, now, how was it hard yep. to juggle your passion for music, like I, I want to really go further with my music while doing your time in the Air Force, and, and if not, like what, how did you handle that? So, and you'll you'll know this because you're one Charlie Five. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, <laughs> so it in in some ways it is it is kind of hard because as as a one Charlie Five for the people that don't know. They called the aerospace control and warning. Now they call it something else, C two BMO, something like that. Yeah. And you're always, you're all, you're in one facet or another. You're always traveling. So that part of it was to like actually settle down and get to do something was was kind of challenging. You know what I mean? Just finding like to settle down and really get into a groove in one space. And then you're off to a next space, and then you got to find your footing there. And then by the time you find your footing, you're, it's gone. You know what I mean? And especially Korea is a hotbed for us. I don't yeah. know why they love sending us to Korea so much. But <laughs> it's like you go to Korea for one, you go to Korea for one year, then you 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 kind of good there, and you come back, and then you're there for a little bit, and then all in between, there's these little TDYs that you go on. But it it was hard, but. If you really, really looked around and tried to find something, there was there was something to do everywhere. Every somebody was making music somewhere. You know what I mean? You just have to find out who it was and and how 
and if they're not stingy, they will let you get it. But that that part of it was was kind of challenging. I didn't, I think I found more freedom after I got out than I had when I was there creatively because I was actually able to sit down and like think shit out. You know what I mean? I was just on the move. I can be in one place and study one place and how that place operates and then cater my story to it. You know what I mean? So. Yep. All right, dope, man. So, um, and I'll, I'll let y'all guys know, um, he ain't lying about that. Like it's a, it's a small community, what our, what our career field is. And I would, I would even say the military as a whole, cause you'll get to these places, uh, especially overseas, i.e. like Korea where cats are there for a year, you know, they can kind of just, you know, they kind of get away from the family so they can kind of focus more on themselves. And a lot of the cats out there, you know, they, they start doing music out there. They start, you know, trying to do their beats and stuff out there. Cause, uh, uh, when I was talking to Mark yesterday, he said when he got to Kadena, he found, you know, he hooked up, found a dude made beats who was in the air force and stuff. So, I mean, it, it's cool that, um, I mean, it, it, it at the same time, it, it sucks, you know, when they send you away and stuff, but then that's when you kind of network and you find people who kind of have, you know, the same interests right, and, right. and you flow from there. Cause, um, not to jump ahead, but being at Eglin, it was kind of lucky cause I'm trying to get, uh, the homie dub on here, Warren. Uh, cause I know he was making beats oh my God. and, uh, like he, my he, God. he just had the, the fruity loops on the computer and, and whatever other program he had to, to, to take them samples and do what he did with it. But just basic things like that, just to, to make the beats for, for you guys. And while you were over there, you ran into a few cats too, and started a, a, a little group over there. You want to get into that real quick? Yeah, so I actually, actually, since you brought up uh, Doug, um, that group started at Eglin. It actually started at Eglin. You're talking about Fit. Yep. So it actually, um, that group started in Eglin. When I first got there, funny story, like me, me and two of the other guys in that group, we all met at, at uh uh, there's a course there called We Met There, and um, we were just in there for some odd reason, and I don't know how the hell this came up, but me and me and my homie D, which we're still we're all still cool to this day. Me and my homie D, uh, little D, yep. he actually was like, he was like, you rap? I was like, yeah, and. For some odd reason, we went up and we ended up getting a, I don't know how the hell this happened, we ended up getting a, a karaoke machine. And <laughs> we had, this is like, <laughs> this is like, this is like back in, the, the cassette tape was still shit. Then. <laughs> so we, <laughs> we ended up getting a karaoke machine and then like we dubbed like a whole bunch of instrumentals on a cassette tape. And then we recorded on an empty cassette tape and we would just do that. We do, we do that all day, every day after, after FTAC. So we, we would just do that. that that's all we do. Halo and, and recording. That's all we did. <laughs> that was <And> life. <laughs> the homie live. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The homie live found out about it. and was like, he was like, yo, y'all not like we need to get together form a group. So we ended up we ended up uh he had already had the group. We just ended up joining it. And the rest is pretty much history. So we ended up we ended up making like Quick, back at Eckland. You were broken up back when you were talking about uh what y'all did right after F Tech. It kind of broke up and then it, it reconnected. So just Go back over that again. So, like, y'all were just doing the beats at and, and recording after FTAC. Yeah. So when we were we were um, we were just making beats and recording them, and we did a whole bunch of albums, and then we really didn't break up really, really until I went to Korea. Yeah. Because everybody ended up going to some people start going to Korea, but. In the process of that, we met Doug. Well, Doug, I was already stationed with Doug, but in the process of us making music, I found out that Doug made music. That's how I found out, because he ended up hearing one of our things and was like, he was like, hey, man, I make beats. 
I was like, okay, cool. So he ended up playing me some shit. <laughs> he ended up playing me some shit. And I was like, I was like, yo. I was like, yo, join the team, bro. <laughs> I was like, for real. Join the team. Because this shit is about we about to take over with this shit. And uh my first solo album is heavily produced by Dub. Yep. It's called Busy World of Mac. A lot of that album is produced by Dub. And that 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 album kind of changed the sound of what we were doing from from that time for from that time forward. It changed everything we were doing because the sound that he brought to it was just crazy. It was it was absolutely crazy. And he was doing this he was doing this with Fruity Loops, which is insane if yeah. you think about it now. About how how low grade Fruity Loops was back in the day, and the sound that he made off of it. I still listen to that album because I'm still I'm still proud of it. You still got that? Yeah, I still got it. Man, you it need to SoundCloud. send me a. It's on your SoundCloud. Oh, I'm about to. You shouldn't have told me, bro. No, I put it. I put it on. I put it on SoundCloud. All right. But yeah. Yeah. He, he um. He he did me and Dub me and Dub he's one of the few people like I really want to work with again like from that from that time because mm-hmm. I know what we did anytime we did something it was magic anytime we did something facts um, yeah because I remember he was like I had just seen him January it was T D Y up there at Nellis and. uh you know, I, every time I see him, I'm just like, you, you still doing them beats? He's like, no, nah, not no more, man. Not not really, dog. I'll be like, come on, bro. Come on, man. No, I'm lying. He's lying. He's lying. <laughs> I know he is. I know he is because Live told me, he was like, yo, man. He was like, yo, me and Critical got some shit that's about to shake up the world. I was like, man, get the fuck out of here because I want something with Critical that's going to shake up the world. Right. Yeah, man. Cause I remember he had the the fruities. Cause cats then they you know they was walking around with tritons. They had all these other you know musical things and Dub just get on there with free sample of Fruity Loops or whatnot, <laughs> yep. and work the hell out of that thing and come out with yep. yo his shit back then. His shit back then, and and I wish you know when you, when you get that SoundCloud link, let me know so I can put it up there for the listeners so they believe me. Dub shit <laughs> with what he had was sounding like Kanye shit and Kanye had like full full studios and shit cuz Dub would find yeah. the yeah. the the oldest R&B shit find the soul of that song sample it speed it up do something with it and, bro yeah and it wasn't even that it was he the sampling he did was dope but like I think his instrumentation that he used on them shits yeah is ridiculous because I seen him flip something with some instruments, I was like, "Okay, he's serious. Yeah, he's definitely serious." And like he was the homie, but then he played that a uh, he had he had a Metroid beat that he flipped, like the uh, the title screen from Metroid. Like he had flipped yeah, that joint and put that yeah. he put that heavy ass eight hundred eight in that bitch. Man, my whole car was shaking. I'm like, "Oh my god, man!" <laughs> I was like, no, "Dub, you did this." He did some shit. Um, he did some shit for verse one. Shout out to verse one too. He did some. Um, he did some shit for verse one. Uh, some he sampled the song from Karate Kid called "You're the Best Around." Oh, and that sample was was absolutely bananas. When I heard it, I was like, I was like, don't give this to no one. And he gave it to verse one. Bro, so, you know, you know, what pissed me off. When he did that uh that little mixtape or EP for verse one, I had the CD, the physical CD, and I was going down there for WD school in like oh nine, and Dub was stationed at Luke, so I was just like I hit him up. I'm like, bro, I've been bumping you, you and verse one shit, the whole way down there. He was like, oh shit, you got the CD? Let me hold it so I could put it on my computer, and I had never, see, I had never seen that CD again. <laughs> and next time I saw him, I was like. I was like, hey, dog, hey, you got that CD? He was like, nah, man, bird ticket when she took it. I was like, oh, my God, that thing is gone. It's gone, gone. Nobody backed it up. I know because <laughs> there's a song I did for him that will never see the light of day, 
and he sampled a he he sampled the He Man theme song. Oh my god! And I, I will never see it ever again because I did it and I sent it to him, and then my computer crashed right after that. Right, and I never heard it again. That shit hurts, man. Never heard it. That shit hurts because in my heart, I want, I don't want to believe that the music is gone for good. You know what I'm saying? Like, this shit's got to be out there somewhere, man. <laughs> it's in the universe somewhere. Somewhere out there, motherfucker, like man. Like a, like a national treasure. You find that shit. Bro, bro, that, that, that's rare. <laughs> that's some rare shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, um, like you said, uh, you did your time, you served your, your country, you got out. Um, and like, did that focus you more? Like, I, I feel like you already answered that, but as far as like how much more intense or how much more, uh, passion did you put into the music now? Cause like I see on your YouTube channel, you got a couple of clips performing at like house of blues and stuff. How'd that come around? So I think initially when I got out of the air force, like I was more driven than ever just just getting out because when I got out I felt like there was an urgency to it to me to me like making a stand and putting out my own music it was more so more so something for me to prove to myself like I can do this shit um and I was ill-equipped <laughs> I was really <laughs> ill-equipped so I got out I was determined but I had no tools you know what I mean? I didn't know the amount of work that it would take to actually, like, if you're really serious about doing music and you're really serious about putting out music and you want, you want that's something you want to make a living off of, mm -hmm. you ain't going to just jump out there and, all right, I'm going to make a CD and this is going to be it. I'm going to make an album and this is going to be the end all be all. I'm going to make it. And, and I kind of went into it with that mentality and I was really, really, really awakened by it that was a rude awakening it was a lot it was like you're not just gonna get out here and you're not just gonna put out something and the whole world's a love it you know what i mean mm -hmm. um but it's something that i'm really proud of you know what i mean because that's something i did i did on my own and that was something i did to to prove that i can i can be something in the music industry so even though even though I didn't get what I wanted out of it, um, which is like I wanted a lot of recognition off of it, the recognition I did get, um, it led me down some pretty pretty incredible avenues. You know what I mean? Just the just the chase in it, and uh, something that I I don't want to give up. Like I, it doesn't make you want to give up. If anything, it motivates you to do better the next time around. So I learned a lot. A lot of lessons and I met a lot of cool ass people that that gave me some great advice one of them being uh, Mark Sox so out of it came out of it came some some really great stuff though though that time was very very rough um, just getting into it it was rough but what I got out of it tenfold it outweighed anything I went through when I was into it bet bet so um I know you said you had the the first joint uh, with with Dub, aka Critical, and then um, yep. the one that that I guess your most recent release, Bread Like a King. Talk to me about yeah. uh, how how that album uh, came about, the the whole process, where your mindset was, and and like how you drew the line. Because for me, I'm looking at it like uh, like because that that album got party joints it got turn up joints it got deep joints it got you know like stuff personal like as you're rapping i'm thinking like he probably went through this like there's no way he can be this detailed and not have experienced yeah, something yeah. like that you know so so walk me through that whole process man so bread like a king that that album that album in particular is me opening up the curtain to to myself you know what i mean it's it's part. It's part of. It's a part of a two-album series, um, which the next one is coming out this summer. Um, so it's it's the acronym for my name. Bread like a king is the first part. Matus Coven Kaylee second part. So it's it's pretty much it's pretty much a look into how 
how I got to who I am. You know what I mean? Um, and yeah, I, and to get into that album, I really had to, to, to do some soul searching. Like, do I really want, like, the fact that the thing that pains me the most is my dad not being here, being around me? Do I really want that out into the universe? You know what I mean? Do I really want that right. to be on an album? that people are going to listen to? No, but as painful as it is, I feel like there's other people in the world that are going through that type of thing. You know what I mean? Yes. Or um, seeing somebody seeing somebody in, a, in an abusive relationship. You know what I mean? Like, what? It, look at me, how I'm looking at this from the outside. This is what I'm seeing. Like, yeah, he beats her to death, but she loves him throughout the whole process. There's a lot of beauty in her loving him and, and the pain that she receives. Right. You know what I mean? It's an incredibly sad story. Or me almost giving up on the music industry as a whole. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to go through this no more. Yeah. Rejection after rejection after rejection. I mean, so it, it's a lot of it. A lot of it was me in that album. A lot of it. It's it's a peek into who I am, which it go it's gonna go even deeper with this next one. Yeah, yeah, I'm waiting on that one, man. So, um, how does it for you? Um, do you do you usually hear the beat first and then come up with the words, or I mean, you've been writing since like nine. Do you already have like right. verses and concepts up, and then you know you hear a beat and you're just like, I think I can use this with this beat or something like that because i mean for for especially for like your personal songs you know what i'm saying because it's like you know it's it's hard to find a beat or something that will because i mean you don't want nothing to turn up and then try to spit some real shit on it you know what i'm saying what was your process and like who are who are some of the producers on that on this album this upcoming one uh bread like a king the first joint Bread Like a King, the majority of the album was produced by Tone Jones. Um, with, I had uh, that man, nice. He produced, he produced the title track, and Flawless Tracks produced High. But the rest of the album is Tone Jones. Nice. Um, and so. The way the way that I, I, I approach any song that I do, I like for the record to speak to me. Like, if it's not talking to me, then I won't be able to draw an idea on it. So How- anything that I listen to, like it has to it has to catch my ear. So How if long it catches do you- my ear and it starts speaking to me. How long do you let a beat breathe before you're like yes or no? Do you listen to it entirely or you giving it like 30 seconds to a minute to like catch you and and give you something. It depends. It depends. And as I, as I've grown musically, it's one of the things that I have to be patient with. Um, so some songs like it can catch my attention in the first 20 seconds. Like if I hear it in the first 20 seconds, I'd be like, okay, this is one. It's Mm -hmm. definitely one. If, some songs I'll have to listen to it through the first verse. Through the first verse, I'll know. And then some songs I just have to listen. I have to listen to it twice, honestly. Okay, yeah. Bet. Like so, there's one. There's one I got. There's one I got on this one. Uh, um, on this one upcoming, I had to listen to that beat like three times before I actually was like, okay, I could rock with this because I heard it the first time and I was like, eh, I don't know. And then I heard it the second time. I was like, maybe. And then the third time, it's like, okay, I got something. <laughs> That's good, man. I mean, because um, I, I would because like sometimes even even like me as a consumer, I'll buy an album and I'll listen to that album and I'll be like, of the 14 songs, I probably skip two. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not really feeling this. Right. But then, like, later on, probably a couple months down, like, I'm listening to it, and that song just hit different for some reason. You know what I'm saying? So, I guess it just depends. Like, you just can't really one-time a song. Like, there's a lot of songs that I can still skip today. Like, there's some songs that I just 
no, I will never feel right. But then like there's some songs, like I said, first couple of run throughs of the album, just like, nope, nope. But then one day I'll just let it play through it. I'm just like, oh shit, you know, this shit do kind of ride. You know what I'm saying? So I assume. Yeah. (laughs) This shit kind of ride. This shit kind of sick. But, um, so yeah, so you're saying the next joint coming out this summer, which is around the corner. So COVID didn't delay that, right? COVID ain't delaying that by any means. Mac, you there? Yeah, I'm here. It kind of kind of lagged out a little bit, but you there? All right, cool. Yeah, your video's frozen, but I still got voice, so it's all good. So you saying it's coming this summer, right? Yeah. So this summer, um, no COVID, it's been it's been a blessing in disguise because I'm able to sit and breathe on certain things. Um, so yeah, there's been a summer, and what was it like a month ago? Like a month ago, I hit up uh, that feelings A and R Henny P. Yeah. And I was like, yo, man, <laughs> I was like, yo, I was like, yo, I need something, something, an um, album, um, something. Yo, Yeah. Hey yo, Black, I'm gonna hang up and then I'm gonna try and hit you back real quick, man. Uh it's it's real bad, it's chopping and whatnot. Alright, hold on. Yeah, I don't know what you did, but it's working fine now. Alright. Cool. So yeah, go but back yeah, to uh so- Cause it started chopping up around the, uh, when you're like, yeah, COVID was a blessing in disguise. Oh yeah. So I ended up, uh, hitting up that film's A&R about a month ago. Um, and told him like what I wanted to do. And this is the album that I want to put out. Um, and all of my ideas that I have for it. So he sent me about five tracks. Yep. And, as soon as he did that, I went into lockdown. <laughs> what he sent me, <laughs> what he sent me was fire, and I was like, I was like, okay, we got something. We got a whole bunch of something. So it's just been since he sent me that, I've just been pretty much in album mode. Yeah. Um, and just trying to get out my ideas the best way I can. So, I. I'm about 80% complete. So once I'm done with that, I'm going to be shipping it out. And you guys will have an album in the summer. My man, we waiting. At least I'm waiting. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, so that's a, that's a beautiful so thing. Out, man. Shout out to, uh, shout out to MRK. So I went out, I went out, uh, I went on IG live today with him to kind of preview, like some of the stuff I was working with. Uh-huh. Um, so I'll, I'll try to do that more often as I'm creating, because actually that was that was pretty good for my creativity, just going on and watching everybody um, do their stuff and put their stuff out. It was pretty good. It was pretty good, pretty dope. Yeah, man. He he's he's all right. I mean, he, my man is nice, man. He gets out there and he he does the IG live and he opens it up to people like, you know, play me what you got. Let me hear what you're doing. You know, yeah. just if you got music, you got beats, you got anything you want to talk about. I like how it just makes itself available like that. Cause I mean, there are some people in this quarantine, just stuck in the house, ain't really doing too much. And you know, he just giving them that yeah. opportunity to, to play something. So, so tell me how, yeah. how did you come about? Cause you were with, you know, uh, fit entertainment. Uh, you kind of, mm-hmm. you guys kind of fell out or whatnot. Not so much like y'all ain't friends, but you know, everybody right, went right, their right. separate ways. How did you end up with that feeling? So long before that feeling was was an official thing, um, 
So when I first got out and I, I was doing the shows at House of Blues, um, shout out to Van Catalyst, uh, Derek Van. Yep. Shout out to him because he he's he's been supportive of me throughout this whole musical journey type of thing, and he was the one that when I was like I'm gonna perform at House of Blues because that was like that was like oh shit like damn, I'm, I'm really about to do this shit. Like, I'm about to perform at the House of Fucking Blues. Like, this is crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I was, <laughs> right? It's like, that's, who the fuck could say that? Right. Like, I'm about to perform at the House of Blues. This, I'm on. <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> it's I'm go feeling, time. <laughs> <laughs> I was feeling myself. But he, um, he ended up hitting me up and was like, yo, um, actually, I got a friend that's going to be performing the same night you're performing at the House of Blues. I was like, bet. Who is he? And lo and behold, it was it was Mark Sox, who yeah. was at that time going by Defocus. Yes. Um, so I ended up, we ended up performing in two, because House of Blues at, at that point, they were doing like a whole bunch of shows um, in different rooms. So the House of Blues, if you've never been there, the House of Blues is so big. Yeah. They have like a main room, which is huge. That was the one in uh, San Diego, two- right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's oh, in yeah. San Diego. Yeah, yeah. So they got the main, they got the main room, which is huge. And then they have like two other rooms that they aren't as big as the main room, but they're still big. Right. You know what I mean? So I was in one of the other rooms and he was in one of the other rooms. And we were both performing at the same time. So Dope. I ended up catching him before that. And and I was like, hey, man, so my homeboy, he was like, he knows you. I just, just introduced myself to him. Was like, he was like, yeah, we'll build definitely after that. And that's how I got started. So we ended up performing. Um, and I went and ca- I caught his set. And then we ended up going out. We, we ended up going out after that, going to sit down and eat somewhere. And then like the relationship just grew from there. And then from that, like anytime he had something going on, I was there. Yes. He was always supportive and he was always giving me the advice. He's actually the one that gave me the advice on the music industry. Like, cause if you, if you've heard his story or even if you know who he is, he works a lot without, being noticed yeah <laughs> he works yeah. he works a lot without being noticed <laughs> um <laughs> he's sneaky if you don't if you don't watch out he'll blow up and you never even know he's he's got he's got so much stuff out and he gave me a lot of pointers on like this is what you do this is what you don't do like don't and the way i was going about doing my shows he was like don't do that because you get no return on it. Right. Like he gave me a whole bunch of game. Right. Like a whole bunch of game that I actually still use and then how to create. And anytime that I had questions, I could go to him and ask him. And so after that, it ended up being like this Facebook thing. So that feeling, I'm pretty convinced started from a Facebook dude. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> they, ended up, <laughs> they ended up, uh, they had this thing where they had the thing to where they it was called that feeling and they would come in a whole bunch of artists from everywhere would come in and they would they would do like these Saturday ciphers type of thing and um that's how I met East Smitty that's uh-huh. how I met Wiz um pretty much pretty much everybody had that feeling that's how I met besides Poe Poe I met in San Diego. Yes. Everybody else I met through that Facebook group. Um, and we all just got got cool. And being a part of being a part of that feeling was just a natural fit because everybody there loves to create. I do not. <laughs> Kids, <laughs> <laughs> bro, I know. I had to lock. I'm, I'm sitting here, low key. You can't tell because I got the green screen and stuff. I'm in my little, the the youngest, his playroom. He got toys all over the joint on this side of the camera, the other side <laughs> of the camera, and I gotta have the door closed and locked because he just be like, "Where's daddy?" And he, he, you can hear him running up the stairs. I'd be like, click, click, 
Daddy working. <laughs> Daddy trying to work in here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so being a part of that film was just, it was just a natural fit. Um, and it works out so well that, you know what I mean? It's just harmonious at this point because everybody's creating all the time. And I love the energy that, that everybody has because it's just, it's just full-blown creation. Like, I can, I can hit up East Smitty, like, 2 o'clock in the morning and be like, yo, listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> he'd be like, that's dope. And he'll send me something, and he'd be like, listen to this. He's like, hey, man, what you think about this? I was like, oh, that's dope. And then one time he sent me something, and I was like, yo, who is this? And I'm about to get on it. Send me the whole track so I can put my verse on it, and I'm going to send it back. Like, just <laughs> stuff like that, you know what I mean? And it's dope. It's it's a it's a dope, dope, dope environment for everybody. Yeah. And um, yeah, I was telling Mark this yesterday. Like everybody in in the joint has some kind of play or some kind of part in the, the music joint, except me. And I'm I told him, man, I just sit back and it's like I'm just getting treated to to, to some of the best Ooh. music I've heard. And yeah. I feel I like I like y'all don't want me on the track because I'm gonna mess it up. You know what I'm saying? Like, but but I'll do what I can to help get you guys out there and promote you guys and 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 whatnot. But I mean, the the energy in the in the group as a whole is is what is pushing me to do better and continue to want to improve right. what I'm doing. And I told them that because right. um, like in 2020. Uh, the first podcast I did, I was, I was given like resolutions or whatnot. And it was like, surround myself with like-minded people, people who, who, right. who had a drive, who had a hustle and very supportive, you know, uh, no matter if, if, if it was something that wasn't what I wanted to do, as long as they were drive driven and wanted to do something and, and had that energy that I was trying to put out there as well. And right. then you invited me over to that feeling and you, you let me into that, that, that uh, group chat and bro it's been nothing but positivity hey do work hey look at us hey we got 3,000 downloads on our podcast channel and, and we 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 out here doing it man so it's yeah. a good look man yeah. I'm all about that feeling yeah. man I'm all about it hell yeah hell yeah it's, it's it's a breath of fresh air for me honestly because it allows me it allows me to create mm -hmm. so as long as I'm doing that I'm happy you know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't need much. Yeah. I don't need much. Just let me create. And if I'm creating, <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, 100. So, um, being being a hip hop artist, I have to ask you, how, what do you what do you feel about the current state of hip hop? Like, cause there's a that whole subdivision or that that whole divide of, I guess they call us old heads now. Compared right. to like the new school joint with like the Twenty One Savages and the uh, what people call mumble rappers now. Um, right, right, right. How like how are you? How are you looking at the the state of hip hop right now? So the answer may surprise you, <laughs> but I'm actually I'm actually very very optimistic about it about where hip hop is right now because yeah you have you have a period of and I gotta credit, I gotta credit the mumble rappers for it. Um, you have a period right now that we're in where there seems to be the slow transition. Uh, we're going back to a renaissance area. So the the essence and organic state of hip hop is slowly starting to make its way back up, and that's in large part due to what was being put out. Um, so you have more people trying to provide substance because of the mumble rap. You know what I mean? So I I don't look at I don't look at that part of them. I don't look at those guys per se as the other side. I think they 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 put a hand into what what hip hop is going to be. Right. Because because of the criticism. And if you're if you're gonna criticize it, then give us something, give us something to say, okay, this is what we want. And you have more people coming out and trying to give the people what they want. So as I think if more people are doing that, then hip-hop is going to be okay. 
Yep. Um, I'm kind of with you on that. I mean, it, it, it would be easy for me to just be like, I hate mumble rap. Mumble rap is trash. Um, right. I think at the peak of my I don't like new rappers was the, was it the 2017 Double XL freshman joint that had... When they all did that freestyle <laughs> and none of them... <laughs> yes. <laughs> The freestyle, right? Twenty <laughs> I was like, are they saying words? What is this? Yeah. What? <laughs> like Spice Adams. What? What is this? You know, and they all on the cover of the magazines and stuff, but I would say it was selfish of me to think that because obviously there are people who like this music. Um, everybody deserves to have music that they like. Right. Um, you know, it was getting to the point where, I mean, like my son, he's 18. He ain't really going to vibe with Gangstar like how I vibe with Gangstar. You know what I'm saying? He ain't really going to vibe with with, you know, uh, CL Smooth, Pete Rock. You know, he ain't going to vibe with like early Jay-Z, Reasonable Doubt type stuff. You know, Nas, right. New York State of Mind. Right. You know what I'm saying? So right. go ahead. In that same in that same breath, in the same breath of that, a lot of so to me, if you're gonna be if you're gonna be an artist, yeah, and let's just say not a rapper, if you're gonna be an artist, like you have to study the history, you have to study the craft. If not, I'm not gonna knock you because you don't vibe with it, or that's just something like you don't really want, you don't care too much to know about. But in my mind, students of the game actually bring more to the table because if you know the history and you know you know the history behind hip hop and what records were actually influential or what producers were actually influential then it serves you the artist better because you that's more tools in your in your toolbox rather than just going out and rapping I agree but I would say the 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 I hate calling them the mumble rappers, but like uh you know <laughs> the the new artists that are coming out right um they i think I forget which one was being interviewed, but he he was just like i don't I don't listen to Tupac, I don't listen to biggie like they're old, they're before my right. time, like I know what music I like to listen to, and you know it's selling and to to his point. It's an easy business model, right? You just get a, right, a dope. Really you just get a dope little trap beat, mumble some stuff on it. You know, talk about perp, lean, Xanax. You know, all the other pills and stuff, yeah. and and you know, make your money. You know, um, and then that's a whole nother topic when you start talking about the ethics. Like, is this the message that hip hop wants to be putting out? You right. know, or right. um, do we even want to consider this hip hop at all? Is this a whole nother genre of hip hop? Like. East Coast hip hop, West Coast hip hop, and then this is right. a new. And that's that's what I meant earlier. That's what I meant earlier about like that influenced like what's coming. Yeah. Because there is there there is a period coming where you have more and more more and more rappers are stepping up and trying to provide substance. Yeah. And it's because of that. So that's what makes me hopeful is hearing what's out there and then hearing what I know is coming. Right. Because what's coming is. is it's crazy. I will say you do have a point because um, what I have been listening to is more of Dreamville's entire roster. And they got yep. cats on it like Jid. Uh, I think Bass is on there. Um, they, they got some cats that kind of do the sing, harmonizing rap, and then they can still spit. And it's just like a breath of, of, of fresh air, something new something with content that isn't just straight rap, you know, something you can vibe right. to. And I think with the the way like 21 Savage, how he, you know, kind of mumbles almost to like a harmonizing to his thing or 20,000 did it, buy it, get it, that it. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. he rides the beat in a certain way. And then I think like new artists are kind of picking that up and then changing it and doing something different with it. You know what I'm saying? So right. um, you, you, we're spot on talking about that Renaissance stuff because like, like I said, 2017 hit 
And it was like, what the hell is is on the cover of twenty a double XL? Like what <laughs> what is what are these Muppets on here? Right? Like I don't understand what's happening. But then um the the stuff that's coming out now, and I will say the one who shocked me, who when he was doing the the freshman freestyle, I think it was last year, was it Y Y and B Corday? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That motherfucker. He's actually nice. That motherfucker He's nice. Not- like I saw yeah, how he not, looked, I saw, and, and that's the fucked up part. I saw how he looked, his appearance. He does. Yeah, I was like, he a mama "Oh my he god, bro!" Spit. He started <laughs> spitting, and I was understanding words, and I was just like, "Hold, hold <laughs> up, hold up, hold up! Yeah. What is happening?" <laughs> yeah. But uh, all right, yeah. So, um, couple more questions. So, growing up, you're from. I don't know if everybody know you're from uh, Louisiana. Uh, yep. so were you real big on the, on the, what were you like team cash money or team no limit down there? Mm, that's a hard hitting question right there. Yeah. <laughs> facts, son. I want the scoop. I want the scoop. <laughs> so you would have to catch. It depends on what, what <laughs> year you caught me. In. There you go. <laughs> so like early nineties, no limit all the way. Yep. But like as I got older, it was cash money. Yep. Did you leave no limit when they started trying to push Romeo out on people? <laughs> nah, I was gone. <laughs> <laughs> I saw what was happening. <laughs> Cause I mean they were they were trying, man. Like they had their they had their group. Uh they tried to put the R and B group out there, Sons of Man or something. They weren't yeah. <laughs> Like, I mean, I can't sing, but as far as professional singing groups, they weren't up there. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but then uh, I think the the fact that Manny Fresh's beats and his production was a little bit more more polished than, mm-hmm. than what No Limit was doing. Because No Limit just had a style of music, like we fighting in the club. They was like the Little John music before Little John music. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, I think you know what honestly you know what honestly drew me to Cash Money was that Lil Wayne lyrics. No, nah, not even that. It was just the fact that so growing up like Lil Wayne is from Louisiana. Yep. Like growing up, you see like this fourteen year old kid. Like, oh, that's right. Shit. Yeah. Like he's just he's just on tracks rapping. I thought that was the dopest shit in the world, and I was like I was like yo like. He can make it, then shit. I got, I got a shot. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so he was actually really, really inspirational. Like, just seeing him doing it on that, on that big of a level, because you got to think. By the time '99 came around, Wayne wasn't. Wayne was like 16, 17. Yep. You know what I mean? So him doing it at that age, and then fucking back that ass came out, and that shit was a monster. <laughs> That was a monster. Yeah. Cause I remember you know first I mean? time I heard uh Juvenile's Ha. And it took me like it took a while for that song to grow on me. Cause like even though like I'm a military brat. I've been all over. Um I went to high school, everything, San Diego graduated. So a lot of people be like, Oh, you're from San Diego, you must like West Coast music. Like, nah. Like mm-hmm. Biggie Smalls, like I I had to sneak that tape in the house. Cause my mom was like, don't bring no world. My mom was like, don't bring no worldly music in my house. I brought that tape in the house. That man transported me to New York with storytelling. So that, that's, that's what I like about rap. Like if you can draw me into a particular time or, or a part of your life and make me feel like I've been there ready to die. Did that. Uh, Jay-Z with reasonable doubt did that. And a lot of East coast rappers were doing that. You know what I'm saying? And it wasn't really, I wasn't really getting that from the West. Like, Tupac was good, but like outside of that, nobody was really telling stories with their raps. Right. Well, it, it, it depends. They told them in they told them in different ways. Cause Cube was doing that too. Cube Cube could tell you a story. That yeah. whole uh, what was his second album called? No, his his third album. What was the name of his third album? The Predator. Uh, is that is that his third album? Let me let me I Google. Think so. Let me Google real quick. But yeah, keep going. But yeah, he was doing that. He was doing, he was, he was doing, he was a great storyteller. I know because I like my, my rap is kind of predicated around storytelling. Yeah. So 
kind of the examples I got is Biggie, um, Biggie, J, Cube, and Scarface. Oh. That, that was who. That was who I was like drawn to, like with the storytelling. If you could tell me a good story, then I'd, I'd follow you. Yeah. But I, I wanted to say the Predator is Cube's third album, but that that album is freaking masterful. You know what? You're right. I'm sorry I put Cube. I, I, my fault, Cube, if you're listening. I doubt it, but if you listen. <laughs> I, I don't know why I was sleeping on you, dog. You did have... But I'm. you know what? I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm just a prisoner of the moment. Because now I look at Ice Cube, and I forget this was Ice Cube. You see him nowadays? Yeah. I forget. Yeah. I forget America's Most Wanted, Lethal Injection, Predator. You know, all that stuff. I yeah. forget that. Because I just see him now, and I'm just like... Are we there yet? You forget, you forget yeah, you forget because you're a family man. State now, of the right? Union, Triple X. Yeah. Like, oh my God, get out of here. <laughs> stuff, you know what I mean? Big three, trash. No, I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Cube, Cube would tell you a good story, man. But right. You're right, yep. So yeah, my fault, Cube. You up there. Uh, yeah, so. Being from Louisiana had his had his thing too because, um, like being a fan of that, like just being a fan of outside because they had the bounce music down there. Mm-hmm. So like being diverse was very very rare down there. You know what I mean? You was on that uh that chopper style. Yeah. So well, not even that. So you had like uh, it was mostly party house music. Yeah. Kind of, but. And, and like so what they call the bounce it was it was a very particular style but it was mostly like it was it was a local style yeah so outside of that outside of that if you had like it, it had to be like a big artist so like to be to be really listening to music was rare you know what I mean like you couldn't just you couldn't just bust out you couldn't bust out big L down there and, and people understand what the fuck big L is down there. <laughs> so, the hell is this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You couldn't like, who the hell is that? Oh, this this murder Mason Cameron. Y'all don't know shit about this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, why is he rapping so long? Yeah. That's what they do, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's what they do. They just rap. They show bars. Yeah. What the fuck is a bar? Like So would you say culture? uh Yeah, we'll say that. We'll we'll say that question for another interview. One last one last question. I need to know. Yep. Jay Z or Nas? Jay. Why? His body of work over time is tremendous. Okay. I would I I, I would I would probably want to leave it at that. There's a lot more. There's right. a lot more to leave me to to Jay-Z or Nas, but not to say I don't, I don't disrespect Nas, but because I do, I respect everything <laughs> he does. But if you ask me, if you ask me between yeah. the two, Jay. Yeah, it's, it's Jay. All right, all right. Yeah, that that because that's a deep question. Like when, when people people get into I'm those two, yeah. They, I mean, that's it's it's almost to akin to like, you know, Kendrick or J Cole. You know, then everybody be like, well, <sighs> yeah. That's the new age debate. Yeah, Kendrick or Cole, but that's a, that's a harder win than Jay. That's a harder win than Jay and Nas to me. I agree because, like, right off the bat, I'll tell you Jay Z because, like I said, I I was about Biggie, and then I liked how Jay Z came out and he was kind of next in line, Biggie. Uh, right. And I felt like that kind of disrespected Nas because I didn't fuck around with Nas's first album till like after Reasonable Doubt. And then people's just like, you sleeping on Nas. And then they put me on Illmatic. And I was just like, what was that, like nine or ten songs on that joint? Like, it was so short, but it was just yeah. like, yo, this this dude just sent me, this dude put me in New York. Like, I'm sitting there in South Carolina looking around like, somebody finna shoot me. <laughs> Who else listening to this shit? <laughs> but nah, man, hey, I appreciate you taking time out of your day, man. Um, sitting down. Chopping it up, letting the uh, letting the letting the fans get to hear your story, and then uh, letting my listeners get to know 
how serious you are with hip hop and not just, you know, managing podcast stuff. Cause I felt like I was doing you a disservice those other times, just jumping on here and just, you know, being petty with you, man, <laughs> you know, you know, and it, I'm, I'm for that too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all for that too. All right. Hey man, I appreciate it again, fam. And, um, yes, sir. Yeah, no. yeah, we will have to link up again, man. Hopefully we'll be able to get a group joint with the rest of that feeling in here, but, um, I'm gonna just let you know ahead of time, man. When I edit this, I'm gonna have uh, your joint high playing from Bread Like a King on the outro, and let Thank that ride from from that album. That's that's my favorite song. Yeah, cause your okay. vocals was on there, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to come up with an R and B name, bro. You gotta... <laughs> yeah, but I'm gonna let that ride, man. And and again, man, I appreciate you you taking time. Uh, if you want to let them know uh, where to follow you, social media, and all that other stuff, go ahead and let the people know. Yes, sir. So at everything is, is at Black Mac, B-L-A-K-M-A-K-K. So that's on Instagram, on Spotify, Twitter. Just follow me at Black Mac. Um, or you can just follow that feeling or that feeling podcast. I, I'm on that too. Wrestle with my thoughts. I'm on, I'm on a lot of different avenues <laughs> right around now, but just hit me up. I'll, I'll, I'm, I'll follow back. I'm not, I'm not shy. Hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> bet, bet. All right, man. Well, you take care. Stay safe over there, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me on brother. Hey, no problem, man. You take care. Peace. All right. Peace. So blunted, got me high as a giraffe ass. I'm in love with that woman. Now, when the hell did this happen, girl? Cause I never saw this coming. And I can't even downplay that. Cause you can tell when I'm fronting. You can tell that I'm an addict. I can tell that I'm addicted. You know how to keep me coming back. Beg you for my fix, shit. You got me gone and I'm in the zone. But I must admit, I need that though. I'm flying high and I like the clouds. And I know she'll never make me low. That potency is enough for me to die when you hit my veins. But without your head, the shit might get weird and I might just go insane. Hey, I get so high, I don't wanna come down. So let's crash and burn, baby. I get so high, I don't wanna come down. Let's crash and burn, crash and burn I get so high, I don't wanna come down So let's crash and burn, baby I get so high, I don't wanna come down I don't need no paper, nope. I don't need no needle. Nah. This here for per se. I won't share with my people. No. She bring down my fever. Uh-huh. We'll be kicking like FIFA. Yeah. I used to rock a deal t-shirt, but now I'm a believer. She from south of the border. Yeah. And off the Avery Coast. Uh-huh. Thank Mother Earth for her daughter. All I can say is she dope. I know she'll increase in value. Potency and what have you. But I must have a real high tolerance because I'm never sick in the bathroom. Down and up at the same time. Got me nodded and sweating. She got me on all type of levels. The closest thing to perfection. I don't need intervention. Nope. I don't need no meetings. But when I'm going through it, all I need is my treatment. Yeah. I get so high. I don't want to come down. So let's crash and burn, baby. I get so high. I don't want to come down. Let's crash and burn, crash and burn I get so high, I don't wanna come down So let's crash and burn, baby I get so high, I don't wanna come down So let's crash and burn, crash and burn Check in my wingspan, hot like I'm Peter Pan You 
Tinkerbell, you treat me well. My free drug when you wear Chanel. Fool me once, I'll never tell. You got it locked. Ain't no bell. Raymond Felton, girl, I'm melting. Got me scratching like a fiend for real. Main line is my pastime. Get the shakes when I'm out of space. See your face, girl, it's a race. Spark it up when I see that lace. Girl, you tease, but you know I chase. Run my veins, but I keep the pace. Red ripping that finish line. You the first to come, I'm last of mine. Don't fraternize, you cloud nine with no disguise. I pluck the needle, take off high like an eagle. Withdrawal if I can't see you. Belong together like good and evil. That Mary Jane is lethal, but that Shanice no equal. I get so high, I don't wanna come down. So let's crash and burn, baby. I get so high, I don't wanna come down. Let's crash and burn, crash and burn I get so high, I don't wanna come down So let's crash and burn, baby I get so high, I don't wanna come down So let's crash and burn, crash and burn I get so high, I don't wanna come down So let's crash and burn, baby I get so high, I don't wanna come down Let's crash and burn, crash and burn I get so high, I don't wanna come down So let's crash and burn, baby I get so high, I don't wanna come down So let's crash and burn, crash and burn